it's really all of our history like it's not just filipino history or just chinese history but san francisco history as well um, as a landmark and, and a symbol for what went down at the i hotel that was hip-hop blogger joy ing i'm jeff and this is storied san francisco Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from writers, photographers, bartenders, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. There's an easy way to help support what we do. Go to the store page on our website, storiedsf.com, to check out the various pledge levels. Help us out, and we'll send you some cool storied San Francisco swag. Welcome to episode 32, part one. Joy was born and raised in San Francisco, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. In this podcast, she talks about some of the schools she went to in different neighborhoods, her time at SF State, and changing her college major in large part due to watching a documentary about the International Hotel. Here's Joy. My family immigrated here from Southern China um, in 1981 and um, I was born in 1989, right after the earthquake. And um, so I, I went to school, I went to elementary in Chinatown. That school is no longer up. I went to Francisco Middle School out in Fisherman's Wharf, and then I went to high school at Thurgood Marshall in Bayview Hunters Point. Um, so I've been all around the city. I went to college at San Francisco State University, where I majored in Asian American Studies and got into student um, organizing and got into community organizing. And through um, student organizing and working with a bunch of different people, um, I started volunteering at Manila Town Heritage Foundation, um, which is the old I-Hotel Manila Town Center. Um, and then one thing led to another and staying with my community, it, it led me to a full-time gig here at the Binion Equity Center where I serve the community as a community service worker. Um, I, I heard you mention Francisco. Yeah. Did you hang out at Freddy's? Yes, I yeah. did. Their sandwiches are still good. They're so good. I used to work over there. This is totally an aside, but um, I liked it because I figured out you could call your order in because they get busy. You call your order in, and then you just walk over there and I, I, love I that grab place. a can of Coke. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and there and he, I went back maybe two months ago because I don't I don't work anywhere near there now. I as I told you, I work at home, but um, I was just craving a Freddy sandwich and. It did not disappoint. Yeah. So you get to they hang deliver out there. too. Oh, no, they don't. Yes, they do. No, on Grubhub. That's a game changer. Yeah. So, um, but I guess, I guess kind of on that note, like, where were some of the places you, like, places you hung out and things you did as a kid in San Francisco? Like, wait, you, mm. may, maybe between Chinatown and different neighborhoods you yeah, were in. Yeah, uh, definitely. When, um, I mean, as a, as a young kid going to middle school, middle school, I definitely wanted to hang out with my friends. And so um, we would hang out in South Market at somebody's apartment or um, even before that, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time in a library. So the Chinatown Branch Library, I spent a lot of time there. Um, probably all of my elementary years, I read a lot of books there. Um, love to read, love to draw. And um, when my younger brother started going to school I used to bring him to the playground um, near there on Powell Street so just a lot of time running around Chinatown with my siblings and and my friends cool do you have any good stories from your childhood that you want to share ah there's there's a lot and it's it's hard to pinpoint but um I just always the 
I guess the aunties with the flyers around Chinatown that try to get you to come into the restaurants. I think they're so used to tourists that um, sometimes I get mistaken for a tourist when I come <laughs> back and it's like, but wait, I live here. Like, I'm from here. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little, you know, bittersweet, but they're just hustling. Right. You said the place you lived was in Chinatown? Oh, no. Um, my or- gran- my grandmother lived in Chinatown. So I was oh, always okay. at her place. Okay. Um, but I lived in the Outer Mission. So okay. we would take the bus all the way out to Fisherman's Wharf every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Like the 14 or the 49. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, Excelsior or? Um, a little farther than that, like near like borderline Daly City. Oh, gotcha. Like right past Mission in Geneva where that last McDonald's is. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, like any, any other like cool spots in town? Like what was it like to, I'm not from here. I've been here 19 years mm-hmm. and you know, now, this is very much home, but especially like people <laughs> roughly my age, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like, you got to spend, it's like a, I don't say like a playground, but kind of, I mean, like a wonderland, like you could just, what was it like? Yeah. Um, so you did most of your growing up, I'd say like mid to late 90s early 2000s yeah, definitely yeah. definitely late 90s 2000s um by 2003 what was i at 2003 graduated middle school so yeah definitely um 2000s was my like coming of age years um other than um you know hanging out at playgrounds and stuff i started playing sports just to keep myself busy after school too mm-hmm. so i also spent a lot of time at north beach playground um is that like school sports or yeah school sports and then also like park and rec had their own leagues um so it was always cool to like know there was a place i could go to if i was bored or um if i had nothing else to do my parents were busy my grandmother's busy my siblings and i just wanted to you know find an activity to do and um park and rec was always kind of like that one place where like hey i know folks who are going there and that looks kind of fun so Nice. Yeah. What uh, sports did you? I played softball for a few years and I played volleyball for a few years. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever think about leaving? I know you. I know you went to SF State. Um, yeah. Um, was that ever a possibility or or, or something that attracted I, you? Yeah, I think um, it definitely was a possibility. I definitely had the grades for it at the time, um, but I think I was just too scared to leave home. <laughs> I didn't know how to take care of myself. I just wanted to draw at the time. So I actually got into San Francisco Art Institute at the time. But it was so crazy expensive. It's like $44,000 a year. It's like a new truck every year. You right. know, my my family and I can't afford that. So yeah. I kind of just settled for SF State. But um, it turned out all right. Like SF State really changed my life and found folks that really um, inspired something to be passionate about. So uh, you must have started SF State kind of, I, I'm going to guess, like, Oh, seven or eight yeah, or so. 2007. Okay. Well, um, do you want to talk about any of that stuff? You said you went in thinking you're going to do art. Yeah. Drawing, so, you said? Or? Yeah. Um, I really, I really loved to draw and paint at the time. And then I also wrote a lot at the time too. So I actually went in as a creative writing major. Um, but when I went through the classes, it was kind of really dry and boring. And for me, it wasn't inspiring at all. So um, you know, I was just kind of stumbling through all my GEs and um, one time, one day, I, one semester I took an ethnic studies course and um, our professor showed us a documentary called The Fall of the Eye Hotel and um, The Fall of the Eye Hotel is a documentary that came out in 1983 that follows the 
destruction of uh, Manila Town or what used to be Manila Town um, and the Chinese and Filipino elders who lived there, the 10 year struggle they went through to save the building, um, the community organizations and members that came out to support um, the building and what it meant for affordable housing and, and human rights and the right to have shelter and, and housing and all that, all those things. And for me coming in as a, um, you know, young adult and not having um, access to images of Asian Americans or Asians um, who have that social power or have that humanity um, and just turning on the TV and either not seeing my face or only seeing similar faces that are used as like a shtick for comedy or something like that. So this was really powerful and I was like, whoa, I didn't know that my community looked like this or that we could do something like this. Um, and so that documentary really turned my life around and um, I immediately decided to major in Asian American studies and I was you know really passionate about learning more about social justice causes and um, you know what other movements were there and how how are we you know how, how does our society today reflect those needs or how do we still implement those um, those values of justice right so yeah what do you think the legacy of the the story of the I hotel like what is it is that story being told is it is it present in the minds of uh, like you know maybe a younger generation of Asian Americans in San Francisco mm, that's a really good Chinese question and, and especially Filipino yeah um, that's a great question and um, in um, after in my two years of volunteering there I spent most of my time teaching workshops to students who weren't aware of this history so I when it comes to have keeping that conversation alive I think it's up to all of us who know about it to continue talking about it continue teaching about it so that everybody's aware and one thing that I like to tell students or groups of students or whoever comes in for historical tours or workshops or whatever that it's really all of our history like it's not just Filipino history or just Chinese history but San Francisco history as well um, as a landmark and, and a symbol for what went down at the I Hotel and even though there's a new building now it also took another 25 years to get the new building so there's a lot of work um, and blood and sweat and tears and a lot of people who didn't who didn't make it to see the new building. Um, so there's a lot of history to be told still. And then every time I go back there, every time I look through the archives, there's something new to learn. So there's a, there's a lot um, to be said still, even though, you know, it is what it is and we can teach as much as we want, but we just have to keep doing it to keep it alive. The, I, I think it's that movie. Definitely the story of the international has come up uh, a couple times. The, since we've been doing this and mm -hmm. yeah I just I, I want to get that story out there and do, do whatever my part is to keep it alive yeah definitely because of also what it stood for bef before it was mm -hmm. before <laughs> before you know right. it was making headlines yeah yeah it's definitely still very much relevant today because when we when we look at Manila Town and we look at um, the destruction of a neighborhood due to, you know, building the financial district. What the financial district is now is what used to be Manila Town. So in order to build something like that, you'd have to destroy a neighborhood and to make space for that. And also building of, um, you know, the BART stations. Um, so that it didn't, it's definitely, um, there are definitely parallels to be learned from in terms of how the city was involved or not involved or 
action and lack of action around saving the hotel and when we're looking at san francisco today and you know the landscape of affordable housing um compared to the housing crisis of the 70s like it's it's not that different you know people just need a place to live um and it depends on how responsive the city is to those needs so when we look at the history of i hotel and what's happening now in san francisco it's not too different at all that was joy ing Join us Thursday to hear about her foray into hip-hop blogging. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to learn about some of the stuff we do besides the podcast. Find the 80-plus episodes on our website, storiedsf.com, which is also where you can now go to pledge support for what we do. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.